What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Okay, and that's that's why you silence your stuff, and this is why things go live. So, <laughs> anyway, thank you guys for joining me for another episode of Take a 20. Very, very excited about this episode because I have a special guest. And we, we discussed a couple of things. Uh, I did... Like I said in my last pod, I actually was on his podcast, um, which is a great podcast. I suggest everybody actually go check that out if you haven't already. But yeah, let me just get right to it and introduce him. Freddie, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm doing good, man. Thankful to be on your podcast, man. It's a, it's a real honor, and I'm just looking forward to be on your podcast, man. How's everything going, man? Everything's going great with me, man. Really excited to have you here. Yep. Yeah, man. And before, I know we talked about what we wanted to speak about, but there was something that came out. And, you know, uh, how both of us are not the biggest fans of this whole Ben Simmons drama. (laughs) There was something (laughs) that Brian Windhorst said. So I just want to play that really quick and get your thoughts on it. It's not just that he doesn't want to play there anymore. He doesn't want to be in front of those fans. So for him, I don't think he intends to ever show his face there again unless he's part of the visiting team and he's one one and out. Part of this is just a visceral thing. It's not even like about, I'm unhappy, get me out of here. I think he has instructed his agents, I'm not showing up. I don't want in front of those fans. I've actually wondered if this was a year ago where we were playing in front of fanless venues or let's say the Sixers were relocated for some reason like the Raptors were and they were playing you know in Florida instead of Philadelphia he might have shown up but I honestly think based on the kind of things we've seen from him in the past I think he just does not want to play in front of those fans and that's a factor here so I don't even think showing up and playing half speed is even on the menu of options I think he has instructed everybody I'm not going now making an edict in September doesn't necessarily mean that that edict exists in November and that's what we'll maybe see but from what I am explained to and told right now, that edict is pretty strong. So what do you think about that? I mean, yeah, shout out Brian Winghorst, a great uh, fan analysis. Um, my thoughts is I'm not surprised at this point. I mean, I've been seeing a lot of mixed emotions, mixed opinions everywhere about Ben Simmons at this point. So my expectation of him is I, I don't see him playing at all this season. I just see him like probably just sitting on the bench and getting fined for not going to training camp and not going to practice. So honestly, I'm just tired of it. I don't even hear it anymore because it's just so frustrating because it's just so un- so childish, so immature. I-, I don't see any leadership in Ben Simmons. And I think it's time for Philadelphia to move on from him. And I think, um, honestly, I just don't see him playing in the 76ers uniform this season, to be realistic with you. I just see him, just see him be on the bench with a suit and that's it. And probably just talking smack, like saying when the trade's going to happen. That's what I see on Ben Simmons this season. I completely agree with you, man. Completely agree with you. One thing, like, <clears throat> it's it's going to be really hard for them to find a trade because this this is, like, so many vets are coming out and saying, like, this is damaging your reputation. The only person that's not saying that is Gilbert Arenas, which is kind of interesting. But, you know... It, it's just something that 
he he needs to be a professional. He needs to just man up and you know, he wants to be traded. I just watched Zion Williams like carry himself like a true professional. He sat down at media day. People asked him hard questions. What's your relationship with David Griffin? Like, what do you feel about the organization? He sat there and actually answered those questions and was cool, calm, and collected about it. Ben Simmons is just being really immature. And the fact that, like, this kid, this is only his third year in the league, and he's already acting at way more professional than Ben Simmons is. It's just, it's it's very, very upsetting. Very shocking. I mean, Sion's only been, this is what, only his third year in the league, and, and he's still younger than Ben Simmons. Like, it's just crazy that Ben Simmons is acting all childish, I guess. It's just crazy. It's crazy. But shout out Sion, though. He is a true man for being calm and mature about it. I respect yeah. that a lot. Yeah. Zion, I I just got a lot of respect for Zion in that moment for sure. Now, I posed a a question to you: if you had an option to build a twelve man roster, who would mm-hmm. be on that roster? So, I want you to start with your starting lineup, then your bench, and then your remaining two players. Okay, so this is my 12-man roster that I created. This will be, like, my fantasy team. Okay, my starting five. Point guard will be Chris Paul. Shooting guard will be James Harden. Small forward will be LeBron James. Power forward will be Anthony Davis. And center will be Nikola Jokic. I mean, I know a lot of people are probably going to say, like, why you didn't choose Joel Beat or why you didn't choose Carl Anthony Towns? I like Nikola Jokic. Very good at passing. I know his defense is not the greatest, like Joel Beat or Carl Anthony Towns. But remember, the Joker got MVP. And the last time a big man got MVP was Shaq. So imagine that that's how many years it took. And Nikola Jokic proved a lot of people wrong that a center could get MVP. So that's why I chose Nikola Jokic. Okay, my bench. My sixth man will be Jordan Clarkson. Seventh man will be Bradley Beal. My eighth eighth man or eighth player on the roster will be OG Ananobi. I know people are probably saying, who's that OG Ananobi? Why have him? Well, because he's very underrated. He's really intense on defense. He's very athletic. I know OG Ananobi hasn't proved a lot yet, but I know he has potential. So hopefully this season he'll play more, especially that Kyle Lowry's gone and, and you know, Fred Van Vliet might be the point guard. So Fred Van Vliet and OG Ananobi were part of the, well, 2019 finals, even though OG Ananobi didn't play at all in the 2019 playoffs. But OG Ananobi has potential. He just got to see, that's all. And I think he'll really step up this season. Okay, my ninth man will be Julius Randle. Yeah, I know people are probably saying, why Julius Randle in your bench? Well, because he... He really stepped up for the Knicks last season, and he contributed. And he actually did pretty good against the Hawks, but I know the Knicks really got beat up by the Hawks because of Trey Young being clutch and stepping up in so many ways. So, yeah. Okay, my 10th man will be DeAndre Aiden. My 11th man will be Donovan Mitchell. I like Donovan Mitchell, actually. He's really good. Wouldn't be a bad player off the bench. And my 12th man will be Serge Ibaka. I know people are probably going to say, why do you have Serge Ibaka in, your, in my roster? Well, because he's very experienced. He's been through a lot of ups and downs. I know he didn't play last season because of the back injury and had to do surgery. So my prayers go to Serge Ibaka. But I have a gut feeling he'll he'll bounce back and hopefully he'll play not the beginning of the season, but maybe the second half of the season. I know Kawhi is going to be out for the whole season. So 
Yeah. I think this is a, this is a good chance for Serge Ibaka to really uh, step up. And I like the way he played with my Raptors. I mean, I know that's the past. I know that was a couple years ago now, but he's still good. He still got it. He did pretty good with the Clippers at the beginning, but but he, I just like his old school vibe, you know, of rebounding, posting up, and yeah, doing the hook. Like I just like his game, and he could shoot the three ball when he wants to. So that's why I have Serge Ibaka and my team. So that's my twelve man roster. Okay, I like that. I like that a lot. That's actually really interesting having Chris Paul as your starting point guard. Okay, I know people are probably going to say, why you didn't choose Curry or Russell Westbrook or Ben Simmons, all those guys. I like Chris Paul because, one, very experienced, knows the game very well. I know Chris Paul choked in the 2021 NBA Finals. I know he, he had a 2-0 lead and blew that one again. So I have Chris Paul because he's very experienced, one of the greatest floor generals. Like, he knows how to space the floor and find open shooters and open big men. And he made DeAndre Aiden a better big man. Like, I don't know if you've seen the difference when DeAndre Aiden had, like, other point guards. He wasn't that great. But once Chris Paul came to the Suns, DeAndre Aiden became, like, a very energetic big man and more more tougher. And that's why I like I like Chris Paul because he every team he goes to, Chris Paul, he makes that team better and improve. Like, remember when he went to the Thunder and ESPN predicted they were going to be an NBA draft lottery team and the worst team and yada, yada, yada. And look what Chris Paul did. He took them to the playoffs and went to, went to seven games with the Houston Rockets at the bubble. In the 2020 NBA playoffs, like I don't know, I know people probably say, ah, it's just a thunder, but but that's that's crazy. Chris Paul makes every team better. He even made the Hornets better. He made the Clippers get better and recognized in the NBA. I mean, I mean, Chris Paul is just a great, great veteran, great leader, and yeah, that's all I have to say. That's why I have Chris Paul. Yeah, no, that that's I, I would have to agree with you on that because it's yeah, Chris Paul is the ultimate leader demands greatness from all of his teammates and you know sometimes that rubs people the wrong way but with this young group when they got Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns I was like oh that's a problem because those are like he can preach to those kids the way that he might not be able to get across with somebody that's his peer you know so that's a lot of people are just like widen the thing at, in, with the Clippers work. You know, the, a bunch of the players at that time just came out and said it was, it was a lot of ego that got in the way. And that just really, to me, boils down to like, all right, Chris Paul, he, he's a gritty guy. So it's, he's not going to say the nice thing, but he's going to tell you the right thing. And that might just rub somebody the wrong way who's there, like pretty much the same age as them. So getting getting a young group around him was was key, in my opinion. But yeah, yeah. for for me, I actually did go uh, Chris Paul for the starting point guard position. Nice. Um, At least we match on that. Yeah, yeah, no, that was that was an easy decision, super easy decision. Like, there's there's a good amount of point guards out there, and this is something that I I don't like Chris Paul, but I give Chris Paul respect, and he's in my opinion he's already a top five point guard of all time. So to not select him. Like, I'm selecting him every year as my starting point guard, period. So, 
But moving on to shooting guard, I have Donovan Mitchell. Small forward, Paul George. Power forward, uh, I put Blake Griffin. <laughs> but is is more so just because he's one of my favorite players. And when it came down to the power forward position, there's not a lot of players that I actually have a lot of faith in. Um, and really, other than like Christian Wood, but he he really swings between that center and power forward position, so I didn't really know where to actually put him. But going down to center, I put Joel Embiid. So with selecting Joel Embiid, I I just was like, he's gonna need to <laughs> have an amazing season. So if if I were playing fantasy basketball, like that's one hundred percent the person that I would select. Um, but yeah, six man had to go with Jordan Carson because, like I said before, this there's certain players that come along like Jamal Crawford, Lou Williams, that are just locks for six man of the year, and Jordan Clarkson is that now. So it's. It's kind of the same way of, like, if you don't pick Chris Paul as your starting point guard, like, it, it's getting getting to that point. I'm just like, all right, that's just kind of foolish. So that, that would be the backup shooting guard. Backup point guard, I did decide to put Fred Van Vliet. Oh, I totally okay. just botched his last name. But, I have a doubt about him. Man, <laughs> Yeah, Fred Van Fleet, this is his opportunity to step up this season. I have a gut feeling he's going to go off more, especially that Kyle Lowry left to Miami. No, that's mm-hmm. a good choice, man. I, I got to give props, man. I got to give props. Yeah, dude. He he has no choice. It's, it's his time to shine. Um, I think Pascal Siakam, he's going to actually be somebody who steps up big time. So, oh, you know what? I just thought about this. I should have put – Oh well, Giannis is a – See, that's the whole thing. It's like, I don't know what Giannis is. Is he a power forward or is he a center? I don't know. But, yeah, Fred Van Viet is going to have a really, really good good shot at. Honestly, he might be in the running for most improved player. Because that's one mm-hmm. thing that everybody kind of has against him. He's like, turns over the ball, not really good at setting other people up, blah, blah, blah. I think that he spent all summer actually working on that. No. Knowing that Kyle Lowry was going to be gone and this was his opportunity to actually run the team. So uh, I have a lot of faith in what he's going to be doing this oh, season. Oh, okay, I just got to say, you know what? I really hope he does win most improved player of the year because a lot of people always doubt Fred Van Fleet like a lot. And I just want him to prove that he he, he actually is a good player and that he's a, he could be the replacement for Kyle Lowry. So... I really hope he does, man. I really hope. Same. Same, man. And then for small forward, just I couldn't really think of anybody, honestly. So I took somebody out of retirement <laughs> and put Matt Barnes. Okay. <laughs> no, shout out Matt Barnes. Very scrappy uh, lockdown defender, for real. Very scrappy. For real. For real. Then... 
power forward, like I said, it was really hard for me to kind of understand like who's a power forward now and who's a center. But when I got to that, I was like, all right, well, should should probably start him, but Chris Middleton. Hmm, that's somebody that I think he's he's gonna continue to grow from what he produced last season. Um, I know everybody was saying that he was the Bucks savior and blah blah blah, but he quite honestly somewhat disappeared in the playoffs. So or in the finals rather. And for me, I think that this is just his opportunity to come back stronger and really just prove a lot of the doubters wrong. And then going down to center, it's like, all right, well, I guess Giannis is a center. So put Giannis as the backup center behind Joel Embiid because some people could say that's very interchangeable, which it is. But I just think that Joel Embiid more is going to be required of him than of uh, Giannis to even just compete, to be completely honest. Hmm, okay. Giannis is a backup center. Okay. He does have the height and length, so I I will count that. Yeah, I'll count that. Yeah, and the the last two, I just got, got kind of fun with it. I put Reggie Jackson in there just because... I think that he's going to still continue because it's just the amount of opportunity that he's going to get now that uh, Kawhi is out, I think is going to be very, very good for him. And also the last person that I put on there, I wanted to put Terrence Mann, but I put Luke Kennard. And I'm only doing that just because I really want Luke Kennard to play well this season he showed flashes out in Detroit of the player that he could be you know just honestly I felt like he at times he really did look like JJ Redick so if he can develop even into like 80% of that it would be a really really good thing for this team moving forward very interesting. Um, Reggie Jackson really stepped up in the 2021 NBA playoffs, especially the second round against the Jazz. Like, he showed that he could be a big contributor, and he did hitting a lot of threes, stepping up. Like, I like his his gritness and his toughness. So, I like that Reggie Jackson. Um, I never thought about him actually. So, I think this season, hopefully, he'll step up more. That Kawhi is not there, and yeah, I can't wait. But I was kind of surprised he put Luke Kennard. I mean, but hey, he's a great three point shooter. I know he kind of struggled a little in the playoffs, but. Hopefully this season he will step up more. That Kawhi is not going to be there, so we'll see. Though that's very interesting, man. Very interesting. Yeah, that that's more of a, a kind of a good faith pick. Just I don't really think that he's gonna. I I hope that's that's my whole thing. Is just I I hope that he has a a good season because you know he could easily end up being another Sam Decker. Mm, yeah if he doesn't step up or doesn't yeah struggles yeah could be could be yeah so the question that you actually came up with something that i thought was really interesting was three things you want to see the nba bring back 
So do you mm-hmm. want to say your list? Because you know I had to get a little creative with mine. Yeah, I'll go with mine first. Um, it's been it's really tough because there's so many things that I really want the NBA to bring back. But I'll, I'll say um, number one is remember back in the days when we saw Vince Carter with the Toronto Raptors, Allen Iverson with the 76ers, Kobe Bryant with Shaq. Those mm-hmm. days, I remember on Sunday afternoon, they'll show M- NBA on NBC, like on Channel 4 or or just NBC in general. And that's what I want the NBA to bring back because it just has so much memories and I can't believe they took it away. And I just want the NBA to bring it back because I like to see uh, basketball in my room because I don't like to be in the living room. For some odd reason, I know it sounds weird, but <laughs> but my challenge is to be in the living room. Yeah, it's a long story, but... <laughs> But yeah, I like the NBA and NBC because you can just watch it on the regular antenna TV and and you don't have to worry about cable. Like that's why I want it back, especially people that can't afford a cable. It should be a, a thing for, for NBA fans that don't have cable. It should be a you know a fair thing, you know, not just be like oh NBA, uh, you know uh, NBA you know channel two sixteen NBA TV. Yeah, because you have to pay and stuff, have to get league pass and all this stuff. So so no, I think the NBA should bring that back. Okay, the second thing the NBA should bring back is. Like one day on a weekend, like Sunday, like each team, like all 30 NBA teams wear a throwback jersey for one day. Like like two teams facing each other and both of them wear their throwback jersey. Either it's either it's like their home, doesn't matter. Like I want to see all 30 teams on one day, on, on a Sunday to have a throwback jersey. Like that would be nice. Like especially like the Raptors with their Dino, their dinosaur throwback jersey and the 76ers with the throwback jersey of Allen Iverson, like. You know, the Lakers with their, their blue throwback jersey. Like, just all teams doing that. Like, that would be awesome on a Sunday. Like, one Pacific day on a weekend. Like, that would be fire. That would be fire. And the yeah. third thing, um, I don't know. Less hand-checking. Less, uh, uh, like, you know, less ca- calls from the refs. Like, saying, oh, one-touch foul. You know, I'm tired of that, you know. I miss the old-school days of physical basketball. And that's what I want the NBA to bring back, those three things, so. Exactly. Yeah, no. Hand checking is actually the thing that I had at the top of the list because, you know, they they really have taken away the ability for a defender to actually do their job. Now, with this new rule change of like, because it's now just officially a new rule that you can't... um distort your body or manipulate contact is how they're saying it so basically like how Steph Curry will sometimes like pull up and somebody's flying and they're not actually about to hit him or anything but he lunges forward and gets that foul call that's not going to be called anymore so honestly I really hope that they actually start calling it an offensive foul instead of a defensive foul because if the more that you do that, the less that players are going to actually do it. Now that it's a rule, I still don't think that players are going to be like, oh, because if there's no consequence to it, then it, it doesn't really doesn't really matter. If it's just the game continues, I don't see it actually having a the type of impact that they want it to. Um, but yeah, hand checking is the first one. Then the next two um, is something that are honestly a little creative because I remember, I don't know if it was actually 
the all-star game or if they did this like a one-off shoot but doing like a one-on-one game during the all-star weekend that's something that would be really interesting to go out and watch because you know they're trying to make the all-star game more and more interesting they're taking it back to the blacktop in terms of like picking your players and it it's nice you know but it still needs to continue to grow because all-star really all-star weekend is kind of stagnant like you're waiting at least for me it's just like all right depending on who's in the skills challenge i'm probably not going to be too interested in it the dunk challenge like that's something that i'm going to watch three-point contests i'm probably going to watch but there's there's still like it just feels like empty calories at at some point you know and then the last thing i have is change the criteria of technical fouls because now i don't know if it was an official rule change at one point but now they just don't allow people to celebrate or like trash talk you know they really try and nip that stuff in the bud immediately but you know that's what makes basketball basketball you know it makes it very entertaining to watch that kind of go down it's a competition you know and without all of that like paul george marcus morris and Kawhi all flexing on maxi cleaver you know if that garnered a technical foul that would be absolutely ridiculous but there's still times where that actually happens in games where people just flex on you and it's just like, all right, well, no, you can't do that. And it's just like, well, why not? So those would be my three. Oh, excuse me. Um, The third one I really like because, yeah, I remember Rashid Wallace in his final days with the Knicks and, you know, when he was about to retire, he used to say, you know, ball don't lie. And he got a technical foul for it. I was like, bro, come on, right? Like, I'm tired of these refs just giving technical technical fouls were just celebrating and doing, you know, flexing, I don't know, all that stuff. I just, I can't believe that. Like, I feel like that's too soft. That's really too soft. I mean, it's just a celebration, not all it is, and it just makes the game more fun or more intenser with the trash talking and the back and forth. So, yeah, the NBA needs to get rid of that. I don't know who created that rule change. It really was a mystery, and whoever did was a terrible, really terrible decision, in my personal opinion. I completely agree, man. Completely agree with you. It's it's kind of reminiscent of how, like, with Joey Crawford, he ejected Tim, Tim Duncan, Duncan for when he for was laughing. laughing on the bench. I remember, yeah, sitting I on the like, bench wow. and laughing, and like that's that's what these refs. It's the equivalent of that. It's just like, all right, well, what what do you want me to do? Just be a robot? Like, it's it's just a very interesting interesting way of calling basketball i know i'll never forget that moment that moment was just wow it was it was like i can't believe it i mean that was years ago but (laughs) yeah 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 years ago but it's it's still fresh in the memory for sure for sure yeah now moving on to the last topic really is uh five players that each of us believe should be in the NBA right now. So 
I have my own list. Do you want to go ahead and go with yours first? Okay. Well, I have my list, and I'm looking at uh, the free agent tracker right now. And I see Bismack Biombo. That's number one. And the list, I'm like, what? I thought the Hornets still had him, and he's not. He's a free agent, so I'm pretty shocked. Hmm. I want to see him back. I know Bismack Biombo has kind of been declining lately with the Hornets, but remember in the 2015-16 season, especially in the 2016 playoffs, Bismack Biombo was a monster. He was like a Hakeem or I don't even know. Especially in the second round versus the Miami Heat. He blocked the way the Wang Wade and did a nasty dunk in the other end. Like that was that was crazy. And then he, he it just I can't believe Bismack Miyambo is kind of declining. Like he has potential actually. I know he's like six foot eight, six foot nine to center now, but he has the length. He has like seven foot wingspan. Like it's it's, it's crazy. And I think the Raptors should give him a chance. The problem is the Raptors have like three centers already or four. So I mean, at least the Raptors got rid of Aaron Baines, which I know poor Aaron Baines' prayers go to him. He had a really terrible injury in the yeah. in the Olympics. Yeah, man. So, Bismack Miyambo, I'm pretty shocked that he's not in the team right now. And I want to see him be on a team. He actually is pretty good. I know he's not like a like a Carl Anthony Towns or a Joel Embiid or Nikola Jokic, but he has potential, though. He has the length and he has a seven-foot wingspan. So, yeah, that's number one. And number two, hmm, Marcus Saul's retired. Jared Dudley's assistant coach. Mm-hmm. Uh man, there's so many, but it's just like I would say Mafia Del Vadova will be number two. I know mm-hmm. probably people are saying I'm terrible, he's not good. He that's why he's playing in Australia. But to be honest, remember Mafia Del Vadova in the twenty fifteen NBA finals and twenty sixteen NBA finals? Remember he put the clamps on Curry at one point? I don't know if you remember that. Yeah, no, nah, he was he was really good defensively and even offensively what he really wasn't known for. He was actually really stepping up and hitting clutch shots. So, yeah, no, he's that's a solid pick. Okay, number three. Hmm. I don't know. Jakar Sampson. I don't think so. Um, I see Isaiah Harstein. He did okay in Cleveland, but they didn't do too much. Okay, man, Yogi Farrell, Jeff Teague. That's a lot of free agents. But I got to go with um, Jeff Teague. I mean, I know it sounds crazy. People probably saying, ah, he's he's terrible. He's not the same. I mean, yeah, I know he hasn't been the same, but he's a great backup point guard. He could help a bench get better and show better leadership. I mean, I remember his days with the Atlanta Hawks. He was he was decent, actually. He did pretty good in the 2013 or 14 NBA playoffs. Like, he knew how to hit the floater. He knew how to pass the ball. Like, I know the, the Hawks got swept by the Cleveland Cavaliers in the 2015 playoffs when they had that 60-win record. But, but yeah, I will never forget about that team with Jeff T, Kyle Corver, Paul Millsap. Al Horford and Damari De- Carroll, like Jeff Teague. I like Jeff Teague, very good veteran. I mean, I know he hasn't been doing that well lately, but he still has a chance, though. He, he can strip to any young backup point guard in the bench, so that's why I'll get him. And then number, okay, that's my third one. Okay, number four, Demarcus Cousins. Mm. Honestly, if I'm Clippers, G- or uh, if I'm Lawrence Frank, or yeah. if I'm Jerry West. I would have signed the Marcus Cousins already in free agency, at least a one-year contract, in my personal opinion. Don't you agree with me? Especially that you're a Clipper fan? Completely agree with you, man. Completely agree with you. That was something that I was actually talking about last pod. of just like, I'm, I'm so surprised that they didn't sign DeMarcus Cousins. I'm happy with these two training camp deals that are coming through with uh, Gills and the other kid. I keep forgetting his name, but... Like it, it'll be interesting to see what they're able able to produce. But Cousins was something that I was like, "Wow, 
like once we signed him, I was like, he needs to retire a Clipper. But it it just wasn't meant to be, I guess. Yeah, he did okay in the 29, uh, 2021 NBA playoffs. I mean, I know he had that technical foul on Chris Paul, and Chris Paul kind of flopped a little, but he did he did what he could with the Clippers. He did pretty good, actually. He contributed in any way he could. You know, I know he's not like the DeMarcus Cousins with the Sacramento Kings where he post up. He didn't back down on Tim Duncan. Like, he was, he was fearless. And I think what really affected him was that injury he got with the Pelicans. That's what really changed everything, man. I, that injury was devastating. I'll never forget about that in my life, like, it was just so devastating, man. He had a potential to be at least a top three, top five center in the NBA. Like, he could have been in a list with Joel Embiid, Carl Anthony Towns, and Jokic. So, yeah, it's really sad, man. I mean, him and Anthony Davis were a really interesting duel in those days. Yeah. yeah. I mean, my favorite version of DeMarcus Cousins has to be with, mm, I would say, the Kings because he just had that old-school mentality, like post-up, you know, rebounding, blocking. Because now DeMarcus Cousins just shoots a lot of threes now. Especially when he played with the Warriors, he attempted a lot of threes. But I mean, he actually yeah. scored some buckets in the paint. I will never forget he was part of the 2019 Finals. He did. He actually did good in Game Five. He actually stepped up. I was like, wow, the Marcus Cousins, you know. So yeah, a lot. He's been getting injured a lot though, and it's 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 really sad, you know. He has so much potential to be like a top five, top ten NBA center like currently right now. So yeah. It's really devastating, you know. But you know what? Shout out to Marcus Cousins. I still respect his toughness, his you know his passion, his grit. So we'll see, though. I've been hearing rumors, though, lately, especially yesterday. We're on the, the 27th, so Sunday, September 26th. They were, like, saying the Marcus Cousins might play in China. So I was, like, very interesting. I don't know if that would be a good fit for him. I mean, more playing time, though, if you think about it. Yeah, I did see that. I, it was pretty interesting to see that. He he's well, obviously, teams in China would be very interested in any NBA player that's having a hard time getting a contract. But specifically, the teams that are looking at him, I was just like, okay, like I I can see him going out there and actually having a huge impact and possibly going on a run where they win a championship and you know. Amari Stoudemire is somebody who's talked about it. Steven Jackson is another person who's talked about it. Winning a championship out in Europe is just different. So just in the fact that you're you're beloved for the rest of your life. Like Stephen Marbury, they have a whole museum de- dedicated to him. Dedicated, yeah. So that, it's that's like... That's really insane, yeah. It, it's, it's really cool, like, these a lot of these NBA players that should still be in the NBA re revitalize their career, I guess, um, in the public's eye and still go on and win these accolades. So, you know, if, if cousins ends up in China, um, I'm just going to have to start getting up stupid early to watch those games. (laughs) I know their time is so ahead of ours. Yeah, I would watch too, man. I mean, I love DeMarcus Cousins. I mean, honestly, it would be a great opportunity for him and maybe a second chance to go back to the NBA. But but that would be awesome. Though. Kind of like gives me throwback vibe. Like Lance Stevenson played at China, I remember, at one point. Yeah. And there's some former NBA players that are playing China, like Brandon Jennings, I think, played at China or somewhere in there. And um, yeah. who else? Even J.R. Smith played overseas, I mean. So, I mean, even uh, I think... Um, Quincy AC or you know all these former NBA players are 
played overseas. So, I mean, DeMarcus Cousins wouldn't be the first one. So, yeah, he would not. Yep. Oh, okay. Last one. I don't know. I'm looking at the list. Nothing really interesting. I mean, I see Kustis out to the combo. The Lakers let him go, but mm, uh, I don't know about him. I'll say I like Nico Mannion. Uh, Frank Mason's pretty good, but I got to go with Nico Mannion. I actually like him. He was like one of the best high school players out there, and he was pretty good in college, and it sucks the Warriors let him go, and I know he's half Italian, and I saw a picture of him, like, super skinny, like, all bones because he has some disease or something. I was like, oh, man. Hmm. Like, that's devastating. But I like Nico Mannion. He actually has the potential to be, like, a great three-point shooter and a good backup point guard for any team or a good reserve, you know, in my personal opinion. Yeah. I, I like that pick. I actually completely forgot about him, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, he's um, very underrated. No one talks about him at all, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, that's that's a good pick. I like that one. I like that one. Yep, right. and that those are my five NBA free agents that I want to see be on a team at the moment, so. Cool. I like that list. It's solid. All right, now you. <laughs> yeah, so first I have uh, Isaiah Thomas. Just Oh, I forgot yeah, about him. I'm, I'm I, very... Yeah, because the whole thing is he he was on a like he's been training with the Warriors like pretty much all summer. So I was everybody was kind of expecting him to be playing there, but with them just letting him go and then bringing in Avery Bradley, I I get that move. Like you're bringing in more defense. He's still decent from three, but. Isaiah Thomas is somebody that I really, really want to see back in the league. Like he, he absolutely deserves it. Demarcus Cousins yeah. uh, mm-hmm. is second on my list. We went very in depth on him. Like I, I just really hope that he ends up back on an NBA team. And on top of those uh, rumors about China, there was something that I saw a little bit about um, that he might end up back in Sacramento. But I think it was just like some tweet he did with him in a purple jersey. So it was like an animated version of him in a purple jersey. So I don't know how much people should read into that. Uh, Third on my list is Jamal Crawford. Jamal still has a ridiculous amount of game. And the fact that he's not in the NBA is very shocking to me. It's. Um, I have no words, honestly, when it comes to that. Just every single year it goes by. I'm just like, wow, yeah, nobody picked up Jamal Crawford. Like, what? Why? Like, it's. I can look at Brooklyn. I can look at every single team in the NBA and be like, yeah, they could use Jamal Crawford. Philadelphia 76ers, they can absolutely use Jamal Crawford. So that's somebody that I put there. One person that will kind of probably surprise a lot of people is um, Tyler Johnson. I have on my list at number four. Mm. He's just a really good defender. Decent from three. Um, Reminds me a lot of Trevor Ariza, to be completely honest. I know I'm pissing off a lot of Laker fans right now, but... Tyler Johnson, he has that potential, and he's still fairly young. I think he's only 27. 
Um, but that's, that's somebody that I think could really have some great potential, like on one of these teams. Like he was with the Nets this past season, didn't play all that much, but he's actually uh, 29 years though. He's 29. 29. Oh, well, he, he is what he is now, but he's still a, a pretty good player, but like I was saying, like he he always reminded me of like some version of Trevor Ariza, and you know he he could probably be really good for a couple of teams. Like if he were to go to let's say like the Clippers, for example, I think that he would actually fit in really well with them. He fits really well with. The Warriors, who would be a really good pickup for Portland, just to kind of help them get more defensive-minded, be a good pickup for the Bulls. So there's a lot of teams that I can see him actually helping out. Um, And the last one that I have is Ed Davis. And this is more so not because of what he can do on the court, but what he can do off the court because he's just a great teammate, really good person in the locker room. And that's something that the NBA is really starting to get away from of just like having vets around, you know? So it would be really good to see Ed Davis come back and actually be on a team. I really see him and Udonis Haslam in the same vein even though Ed Davis hasn't really stayed with a team for a long stint of time. Um, but, you know, I think that he he could be a really good, for a locker room that you could possibly have some concerns with, I think that he he would be a good deterrent of just putting in there and being able to work things out amongst the players. Yeah, that's a very interesting list. I like Isaiah Thomas because a lot of people are doubting him and they're talking about that he's terrible and that he would never be like the Isaiah Thomas with the Celtics. But remember that game he had in, in the summer in July when he mm-hmm. scored 81 points? I don't know if you yep. remember that. And he cried. He cried because it sucks that he has so much potential. Oh, no. And I'm not surprised. Who else? Um, Ed Davis, he had. I like Ed Davis. He actually pretty good big man. He's not like a DeAndre Jordan or not like a Dwight Howard or not like those type of big man, but he could contribute anyway. And I think he, I think it's more about leadership. If you have leadership in your team, that's a good sign that the team has potential to be a great team. So the NBA kind of forgets about veteran leadership, to be honest. Yeah, like you said, I agree with you with that, actually. Yeah, yeah. Definitely feel that, man. And you know what? Actually, I wanted to put an honorable mention in there really quick, but I want you to repeat what you said about Isaiah Thomas really quick, just because you uh, froze up real quick. No, like it sucks that Isaiah Thomas is not on any team at the moment right now. A lot of people are in, in the NBA is doubting him. Like, like remember when Isaiah Thomas scored 81 points in that summer league? Like, I mean, it was like a yeah summer league in, the, in July or something. Remember that? Mm-hmm. And he was crying because it's, it sucks. No one wants him. They're like saying, we don't want him because of his height. And people are saying he's not going to be Isaiah Thomas of the Celtics. But I think that you give him a second chance and hopefully he'll step up. And 
I just I think Isaiah Thomas needs to be on a team, like any team. Like it doesn't really matter in my personal opinion. He just has good veteran leadership, and he could be a good slasher and good passer. Like he's just he can contribute. I know he I know he has potential. So it sucks that yeah he's not on any any NBA team. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree with you, man. And uh, I have an honorable mention right here is uh, Jeremy Lin. I I really Ooh. think that he deserves to be back in the NBA. It there's been multiple times where the Clippers were looking for point guards, and I was like, Jeremy Lin, like, what, why don't you guys pick up Jeremy Lin? Is it's so simple. It makes the most sense, and you know he he really deserves another shot at the NBA because. You know, the last time he was in the NBA, like, he won a championship. He didn't do much, but he won a championship. Yeah, he only played, like, when the team was losing or the team was blowing out someone. He played. And, yeah, I, I like that Jeremy Lin. I know he didn't do too much, you know, because true fact, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, and he didn't do too much, honestly. I mean, it was cool seeing him get a ring, but it sucks that no one – it's like the Isaiah Thomas situation. No one wants him. Everyone's doubted him. This time, it's about his culture, his identity, his race. I feel like that's why they don't really want him. And I know he's been through a, a lot lately because I remember when he played in the Summer League or G League game. No, G League it was, actually. And some NBA pl- some player said, like, a racial slur about, you know, coronavirus or something. I was like, whoa. Yeah. Like, that. that's sad. Like, I can't believe that even our own players, our, our own league is doing that, too. Like, man, that's just... Yeah, Jeremy Lin, man. I'll never forget about him with the New York Knicks. The Lakers, he was okay. Hornets, not too bad, but... He actually is a good slasher. He he could shoot the three ball when he wants to, and he just has potential. But no one's giving him a chance. You know, it's really sad. Yeah, Jeremy Lin will forever have my respect because he waved off Kobe Bryant and nailed a dagger three against the Clippers. That that game I remember so clearly because I was like, all right, we got this locked in. <laughs> We're gonna win this game. Kobe's over here demanding the ball. They're having drama on the court. There's no way this shot is going in. Nothing but net. And I was just like, <laughs> wow, okay. No, nah, Blake Griffin I went off in that game, and I'll never forget DeAndre Jordan stepping up. And I'll never forget that one play where they were talking or huddling, and Blake Griffin just had a wide-open dug and was like, and one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, that game was crazy. And it was one day before... Or no, it was during October, yeah, close to Halloween. Halloween, yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. It was insane. But yeah, man, I think that does it for us. Um, you want to let the people know where, where they can find you? Yeah, of course, man. Um, the Freddy NBA Show, it's on uh, four platforms. It's on SoundCloud, Aha Radio, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. So it's on those four platforms. So check it out. I recommend it. I'm, it's very professional. It has very interesting, you know, intros and <laughs> yeah, it brings like a radio show vibe and and yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at the Freddie NBA Show two one three and that's where I have, you know, I do NBA updates, I do you know my stories, I do just NBA updates overall and I try to give back, you know, to community too in my story and yeah, that's where you can find me on social media. So here we go, and yeah, everybody go check out his podcast. It is really really good. It's gonna be doing big things bro no appreciate the love man appreciate it of course of course all right well that will do it for 
this episode of Take a 20. And see you guys in the next one. I really, really appreciate all the love and feedback that's been coming my way. Some people have been really sending out the the podcast and I see people actually sharing it. I really appreciate that. That means a whole lot to me. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you everybody who's watching this or listening to it on Spotify. I am on (laughs) Google now, slowly but surely getting there, but appreciate all the love and support. See you guys in the next one. Peace.